Hey, my name is Melissa Bedeen, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, I found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to positively impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we're all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look at a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission. No, more of a calling inside of us, but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us, but others as well. As I teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today, I am inviting you into this time as a friend, having a coffee, chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical. Now I want you to know that you are welcome to the Mom Gun Media, and I'm grateful you're here. Hello everyone. Okay, so it is Melissa here and I have Michaela Palak and she is a small town girl from Oregonian and who is a coach, a trainer, an optimistic entrepreneur at heart. She loves to travel, music, tacos, vans, and all things theme park related, including but not limited to Disney, Hogwarts, and galaxies far, far away. This girl's already speaking my language. She has an unshakable desire to help people break free from the past and create a future visualized from their most authentic place of heart. And when she's not turning her dreams into reality, you can find her at Disneyland going to adventures with her dog Corgi who is named Willard and riding horses with her sister so I want to say a special thank you for joining us that's like the best intro so far so thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you I'm so thrilled to be here and chat with you today so thank you Oh, my pleasure. So you love Disney. I love Disney. I'm a Star Wars geek, and it sounds like you are too. And then we've got Hogwarts in here and a Corgi dog. Like, if you just chugged Starbucks, I mean, you're a sister from another mister for me. Oh, you're doing it. Okay, (laughs) guys, I found her. If anyone was wondering, you know, if my dad was ever in, where are you from? Oregon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. I'm just you saying, never know. Yeah. I know. I like tease my dad all the time, like, hey, but honestly, you speak my language. And so here's the coolest thing. We had a mini chat before we came on here, and you guys missed a little bit. So I want to catch you guys up. She is a mindset coach who helps women kind of really find themselves in their different areas of life. And we talk about a variety of different things here, and you're going to get some information that's hopefully going to help give clarity in your life. Now, some of the key talking points that we want to bring up might give you some questions or pause moments, and that's okay. So feel free to pause this episode and take notes in your phone or on a piece of paper. But the goal is that you're going to get some insights on how we can help you in gaining that clarity. So I would love to know some tips on like your background with how you want to help your clients in how to understand to do more without doing more like this is something that I'm always fascinated on and like automating processes or simplifying or whatever it is but I noticed that this is kind of a superpower for you and I'd love to hear more yeah I come from a family of achievers like they are super like hardcore workaholics and 
I, I like, I love that about my family and I love, I've got to learn from them, but I realized like they weren't really fully happy. And as much as I love my, I love my dad to death. He is my hero. But I remember one time his friend was sick and he's like, I can't go see him. I have to work. I have to work. I have to work. And I just remember thinking like, man, there's something off about this. Like, how do we get so caught up in like, I call it achievement that we forget about fulfillment. Like you could tell he really wanted to go see his friend, but there was something pulling at him. And that's when I really started studying and saying like, what is the difference of being and doing? And I came across a guy named Michael Gervais, Dr. Michael Gervais, and I can talk about him all day long, but he is the head sports psychologist for the Seattle Seahawks. And him and Coach Carroll call it a relationship-based organization and they produce football. So they start with being and then let the doing flow from there is what they call it. And so it's really about like breaking down like what matters to you and from that place of knowing and being and really going back into the core of who you are, like what lights you up, what makes you happy, what, and this is a really big one for me, what traits do you define yourself by that can never be taken away from you? So for example, like I played sports my whole life. So who am I if I could never play sports again? So really digging into what can never be taken away from me, even if I was in, you know, heaven forbid, like if I was in a wheelchair or got in a car wreck, like what traits can I still, you know, bless the world with regardless of my physical condition? And then from that place, what do I want to do? And that's kind of how I go about that. I'm like, I'm so in love with that because the idea is you're finding yourself on a soul level, not just like how you're defined by society or how you're defined by an object or an occupation. And I find a lot of people get tripped up on like their career. That's how they define themselves by a career title. And that's the worst for me. Cause like we pivot so many times. It is actually stated in science that on average, we change our career four times. Like that's a minimum. And I was actually typing through like all the career choices that I've had already. And I'm like, I'm at 21. <laughs> the thing is, it's like you grow from all of them. So if you could actually use that and define it and find like, what are your natural superpowers, gifts, passions, and purposes in that you're set for life. Like that, that could career pivot so many different ways, but you're still aligned to you and you're not living that falsehood. That's amazing. So I would love to know, how do you identify influencing behaviors then? So I really, um, from that kind of like, I call it like home, your center from there, what do you believe about yourself? So if we talk about identity is what identity actually is, it's a, it is a series of beliefs stacked together. So what do you believe about yourself? And I think I really realized the power in this. There was, this was back in the sixties, I believe. There was a teacher in a super ghetto area of Chicago. She was basically put in the school and was told like, keep the kids alive. Like, don't expect anything from them. They're never gonna do anything. They're never gonna add up to anything. Just like, keep them busy. And she didn't listen. She went in and all she did for the first month or two was tell these kids, like, I believe in you. You can do this. You got this. You are smart. You are important. That was all she did 
was she poured beliefs in a different um, identity into them. So the identity piece being the what follows I am. And that's all she did. And they started wanting to take tests. They started to want to do their homework. And a lot of these kids went on to go to Ivy League colleges. And especially in the like 60s and 70s, like, you know, they were in a really, um, what would have been considered ghetto part of America. They were African American. So this was not like normal back then. And this teacher was like asked to go on and do bigger and better, like better in quotations, better things. And she was like, no, I'm making the biggest difference because I believed in these kids when no one else did. So it, all of that in order to say like how we say I am influences our behavior. If, you know, for me, one of the biggest things was I am like, I went through this weird thing of where I didn't believe I was smart enough. And so when I said I'm not smart enough, I like, I wouldn't even try because why would I try? Because I didn't think I was smart enough anyhow, but just switching and pulling out the not and saying, I am smart. It like, I feel a shift just in my body. It, it sounds so crazy sometimes when I say that, but just by really consciously picking the I am part of ourselves, it totally switches our behavior because now we actually believe in ourselves. I could not agree more. I think every one of us at some point had somebody who either moved the needle towards like our inner potential or just crushed us. And so like, I'm very blessed to know that in high school, I had two teachers who solely believed in me and they did change a lot of like what I thought I was, you know, potentially led for. And again, I'm going to give a shout to Bev Mitchell and Mr. Level. You guys are amazing because they genuinely cared for the people, not the students per se, the people that we were inside. So the fact that this woman was able to do that, I am grateful because there's a lot of individuals out there that grew up in hardships and, and really potentially we all have the ability to make that difference for other people. But it's a lot of times we hold a limiting belief of like, well, our resources are limited or whatever. But the idea is these little affirmations, even for our own family and children, that is, that is amazing. I'm, I see where the mindset's coming in here and I'm loving it too, because what we're doing is we're rewriting the script from like the conscious beliefs to the subconscious potential beliefs. And that's something yeah. that I do, but like the way I've learned it is through deep cellular healing, but this is rewiring it before it even becomes an issue. So again, mm -hmm. proactive instead of reactive. I love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I always love to know more about all of these different things. How do we get so far away from who we really are is something I would kind of like to know. Like, I, I know that this is a touching point that you, you have some insights on that our listeners could shed on. Yeah, I am like, this is one of my, I'm so thankful we get to talk about this today because I love this conversation. And I was listening to an interview by Brene Brown, who's a researcher from the University of Texas. Like her TED talk has like five mil, like millions of views. It's crazy. But she, in 2015, over the last like 13 years that she had done interviews with men and women, she had found 85% of those people had wounds from school that were so shaming it actually changed who they were as learners. And 50% of those wounds were around art and creativity. So that's why I am so passionate. Like when I talk to people, when I work with people, I'm like, let's go back to school before that wound happened because that's who you really are but we will do more to avoid pain than will to we will do more to avoid pain than we will do to gain pleasure 
So if that wound was so shaming and was so hurtful to you at that point, you're going to run in the opposite direction. The problem was that is actually who you really are. Like when you were expressing yourself from that place of a kid, you were unfiltered. Like we all know the saying, like kids say the darndest things or only kids would say that. It's like, cause you're showing up unapologetically. So how do we get back to you from living in that state of being unapologetically you? And that's why I go back to school is because while like we're trying to survive school, like nothing has been worse for me than middle school. And we are doing so many things to avoid pain. We're developing patterns. We're developing limiting beliefs. We're trying to fit in, which is the opposite of belonging. It's the opposite of being true to yourself. And so like, I think of the compound effect, like these things stack and stack and stack. And 10 years later, we forgot that beautiful little soul that was in elementary school. And people talk about that inner child work. And I think part of our mission in life is to bring out that inner child. And um, I might get a little emotional talking about this, but I love Disney's remake of Christopher Robin because I think it shows it so eloquently because Christopher Robin leaves the hundred acre wood. He goes out into war. His dad dies. Like he has to be the man of the house and who (laughs) 25 years later shows back up into his life And Christopher Robin takes him home. And there's one point where they're sitting on a log and Christopher Robin looks over at Pooh and says, I'm lost, Pooh. And he's like, but I found you, didn't I? Pooh was his childhood and it found him again. And I think that's what we're all here to do is like, can we reclaim that person that we got so far away from and not apologize for it? So that's why I'm so passionate about it is because that's who we really are. And I think we deserve to be who we really are. I could not agree more. And the fact that you use Disney examples makes me happy because <laughs> I do that too. I'll either reference like Friends, the TV show, or Disney and people just kind of look at me and I'm like, I hear you. <laughs> but the biggest thing is, is like, especially during this time in COVID, they're saying that it's stealing childhood right now from a lot of kids because of all the stress and the social like distancing to everything else. And so it's finding a way to still find expression in yourself. And then not only that, but touching on yours, you're touching on like removing childhood traumas and those stories and narratives of where we feel blocked and having to fit into a social norm. I have that on the intuitive aspect. So like, mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that everybody's intuitive. I do not believe that I'm somebody special because I can do it. I believe I chose to develop it and that's the gift and we all can. But I know as a child, I used to see a lot more and I used to really have it come easily susceptible for me, but then people would downplay it and they would kind of crush me in that because they'd be like, oh, big imagination or nice story. And they kind of made it sound like I was lying. So then after a while, I'm like, am I? And am I crazy? And the biggest thing is, is if you've ever been somebody who saw shadows in your peripheral, that's not crazy. That's a normal thing for me. If you've ever been in a basement and you feel like somebody's behind you and you've got like your heightened senses up, it's because you're more aware than all the distractions and everything going on in other atmospheres. There usually is somebody behind you, but it's not a bad thing. Like people put fear to these different associations. And then as children, we block it because of these fear blocks, same with judgment and different things. So I utilize the same aspect when I'm teaching and coaching people to connect back into who they are and their natural gifts. The biggest, I think, shame in all of this is, yeah, Brene, Brene Brown, by the way, like her audible books are my favorite because I love that accent. 
accent. So like I go deep in that, in that world and I love it. Like show up with a scar, not the wound and heal that and be able to utilize that mess into your message, like really removing the shame from it. And even how she like makes fun of herself as like a failed parent, like forgot my kid. Like I, I was supposed to be there, couldn't do it. Whoopsie. I'm always like, oh, we've been there. Like we can't, we can't pretend we're perfect. And then, you know, allow that to be the facade that we do like that Instagram story of perfection. And then, you know, try and set it out there as like, I'm real. This is real me. Meanwhile, I've got like four filters deep and tons of makeup on. I show up in my mom bun, hence the name of this whole podcast, mom bun media. We're being real. We want to shed this for you. You guys and thankfully Michaela is here showing up and, and helping you to understand the mindset work that we can go from that avenue and really develop deeper so thank you now yeah. how would you recommend living a life based on your terms so I have a, a little slogan that I say and it's defined definitions so I like I look talk so many people and listen to them and they're like well I want to be successful I want to be successful I want to be successful and I'm like what does success mean to you? And they just get this blank look on their <laughs> face. Like we chase these things and we don't even know what they mean to us. So I am, I'm working on that right now. And actually I'll include that in the link, but this page with all these words on it that I feel like give us so much pressure, you know, happiness, success, worthiness, enough. Mm -hmm. sitting down and writing down what they mean to you and live aligned with that. Hence, you know, the name of my coaching live aligned coaching is how do you define your life? How do you define these terms and then live aligned with that? Because what success looks like to me is not what it means to my next door neighbor or my sister. But if we're trying to live each other's definition, we're never going to be happy and we're never going to be fulfilled because that's not what the definition is to us. And I, I have another saying, like, if you don't know who you are, you'll end up as someone else. If you don't define what matters most to you, you're going to be living somebody else's life because that's not your measure of success. That's not your view and your model of the world. Like I love um, the uh, metaphor of we all like, us is like hardware and our beliefs and our definitions and our um, thoughts is our software and we never go in and update it. So this is kind of also about doing an update. Like is your, the success definition you're currently living up to, is that yours or was that your parents? So really like digging in and taking a, a look at that stuff. And, you know, I just think like people owe it to themselves to sit down and do this work because there is so much freedom and so much like this lightness about it. Like I don't, I'm not thinking of a good word for it, but it just like removes this pressure and this weight that we can so often feel because it's like, Oh, I'm being successful because I know what it means to me. And if I'm off, well now I've got this definition that I can go back and look at and it's like going to the chiropractor. You get readjusted and we're back on track and here we go. I love all of that. Honestly, I feel like I've met you already just with all these because this is like my life too. So um, I know in KBB, which is how we kind of met each other in certain ways too, there's, I know I'm successful when, and that's how you define yourself. So like, instead of saying, and again, I love that because a lot of times people do do that compete compare on what successful looks like because of what other people showcase it to be. Like for a while there, 
all of my Facebook ad feeds were people with a drone sitting in a mansion that they rented from Airbnb for the most part with some like Lambo that they also rented and had a rent me friggin' bumper. And they're like, look at this. And they're like flipping $1 bills being like dollar dollar bills. Y'all I'm like, yeah, that's not what I call success. So like now you just seem off like, <laughs> but authenticity shines for me every time. If you're living a life where you're passionate about what you do, you make an impact and you're going to make a difference. Like Brennan Burchard, it's like, is this going to matter? Is this going to help? And am I going to matter? Those are like really great ways to kind of gauge it. And in what way are you going to offer it? Find that authenticity. I love that. And then what you had said too, in looking at like where those beliefs came from. Um, so deep cellular healing is where we actually look at conscious subconscious brain. And there's so many ways to look at this. Like there's access bars and all these different, and I just think that they're all the same, but just different titles, but we call that looking at your general beliefs. And so we're looking at ancestral, cultural society. We're looking at religious beliefs and these can come on from just how we grew up in our childhood to schooling systems. Like I went to a school where they really preached religion and I'm spiritual. So for me, I would take a grain of salt with it but like the biggest thing is is making sure that whatever you hear and whether it's even here like if you, if you like what I'm saying and you want to take a portion of it and not the rest I honor that and I know Michaela is nodding her head here too so we want to make sure that you guys understand that throughout everything you really got to define what sits right for you like how many times did we grow up and and heard men are the leaders, men are the bosses. I'm like, uh-uh, cancel, clear, delete. I remove that. Us women will kick some ass and we're coming into power positions. Cause like, I disagree. And then the next one, it's like, money doesn't grow on trees. I'm like, I ain't wearing your money blocks. Like, I don't want to hear that. And then cancel, clear, delete, remove. Like I am starting fresh. And so like all these different things that we'll subconsciously hear in society, like people are freaking out about the economy. But if we understand that every eight to 10 years, there's an economic bubble and we just go, okay, there's bearish and bullish. And if you look at the stock market, people win when they aren't derived from emotion we can choose to use that in our everyday life as well and so I love what you're saying here because it does apply personally and professionally and it can also help create a freedom from like breaking generational patterns for our own kids and everything too like I found there's certain things that I'm like oh whoa I became my mom and then some of it's okay because like god bless you mom I know she's gonna listen to this one day so love you but then there's some things where I'm like uh, we don't need to carry that one anymore. And, and she's aware, like we work on it together and we pick, it's easier to pick somebody else's too than what we just naturally flow without being aware. So it's great to have a coach in that. And the fact that you specialize in mindset coaching in this, that's a huge blessing for your audience as well. And so just something that I had some thoughts on and I'm grateful you're sharing. So my next thing is why does our physical well-being have so much impact on our mental well-being? I would love to hear your insights. Oh my gosh. I, I get, uh... I feel like I've said this about all the questions, but I love this topic too. So I was like, I think I was 18 and I actually was reading an article like when I was younger and I loved an actress, like I would learn everything about them. And Shailene Woodley, who was in Divergent and I think Divergent's the biggest one I watched, but she was in oh, Fault the, in Our what's Stars. What's that Stars one? That, like... The Fault in Our Stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had said something. She's like, Oh, I just eat when I'm hungry. I stop when I'm full and I listen to my body. And at that point in my life, I had been on a diet for months. Like I'd lost 50 pounds, but I hated my life. And I remember thinking, well, that must be nice for you. And then like my higher self kind of kicked in and said, okay, if she can do it, you can do it too. So I went on this journey to like learn how to be on the same side with my body and not at war with my body. And that took me into this rabbit hole of books, learning about our mind and gut connection. So I, 
as far as like anxiety and depression goes, like if I wave to one, depression's kind of more of where I'll lean if I am off. And I was like, okay, well, now that I know that our mind and gut is connected, what can I eat to support that? And I learned that serotonin, the hormone that makes us happy is actually produced in our gut. So if our gut is impaired, if we have gut issues, we actually cannot properly produce the hormones that make us happy. And I also learned like 75 to 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So if our gut is not functioning properly, like we actually can't function properly. And the other nice thing about this for me was, you know, kind of what we just talked about, about letting some of the childhood stuff go and saying like, mom, dad, I love you, but our family's been carrying this for too long and it stops with me. We have struggled with eating disorders as far as I can see back. And so I'm like, okay, knowing this about our gut made it more about health and less about like food and this weird relationship of I eat my emotions. And it was like, oh no, I eat to support my well-being. And it was a total game changer for me too, because now it's like that signal of something's off how have I been eating? Have I been supporting my gut instead of that something's off? There must be something wrong with me. It's like, Oh no, something's off. There must be something going on in my gut. How can I fix it? It like takes the, and Brendan Burchard says this too, like stop beating your personality up and start evaluating your routines and rituals. And I feel like this is another piece for me to not beat my personhood up, but to take a check of my routines and rituals. And am I doing stuff that's serving me or am I not? And so knowing how powerful our gut is, and I actually, this was really interesting to me. I was reading a study and they can't quite prove it yet. They're working on it. But they think the reason our mind and our gut is so connected is like when we're in an embryo, we're kind of a circle. And when we start to grow apart, they believe that our mind and our gut grow apart from each other. So I thought that was really interesting. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. See, I always look at everything too in like um, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual levels. And if one of those bodies are out of sync, the rest does fall suit. And so... I started to understand and some of the things that I've learned do coincide with what you said, but it's just different verbiage I find, but it's actually understanding like if you have a mental, emotional or spiritual disconnect, you can actually create physical ailments. So for example, I learned, and like as a massage therapist, I started to notice like certain people had the exact same symptoms, even though they live very different lives. It didn't matter about their habits or, you know, those kind of hobbies or anything like that but like emotional burdens sit on the top of your shoulders. If you have a very rigid atlas and axis, it's your, the very top of your cervical spine, so where your neck and your head connect, that means you're very rigid in your viewpoints and you're not very open to looking at other people's point of view. If you have like weak wrists, there's different emotional issues and whether it's your right wrist to your left wrist, your left is your feminine energy, which is the giving energy. Your right is your masculine and that's the receiving. And so like, if you think about it, people who have a hard time receiving, it'd be their right hand that they would actually have a lot of struggles with versus their left. Um, looking at ankles, that goes to emotional support. Knees goes into your youth. And so like people who've had struggles in different viewpoints, even in like lower lumbar, so your lower back, that goes into money blocks. Like if you really look up the symbolism and where it sits on people, you'll find, and if this sits for you, 
work on correcting it by reversing those thought patterns and what we're talking about because it's there's a disconnect somewhere and now it's manifesting physically because it hasn't been healed so like that's where i kind of come in and I, i'm like hey <laughs> you get to do this like if, if, don't rely on all of us external sources all the time correct it work on the triggers ahead of time and i love what you're saying even about the gut health and everything too and like in deep cellular healing now i'm learning that they said like your brain has however many neurons and everything but your heart actually has its own brain too and now you're talking about like a stomach brain and how it's working i don't deny that at all i think it's fascinating because it does have like muscle memories and all these different triggered results and stuff too and and you know looking if you break apart the bodies your mental emotional physical and spiritual or mind body soul there's a disconnect there it will relate in other areas of your life too so that's that's really great thank you so yeah. i i always like to go and be like okay rewind what caused you to really you know want to become an entrepreneur and get into this field i always love hearing like the backstory yeah so it was one of those things like it was so obvious i didn't see it for the longest time so my grandpa opened our family business in the 30s and then when my dad took over the business he was like yeah dad i'm not cleaning dirty laundry anymore i'm just going to add my own department and started a window coverings division and then my uncle came along and was like yeah you guys got your own thing so i'm going to start my own division at the company and but I never really thought about it as entrepreneurship. I was like, oh, it's just the family business. And the older I got, the more I realized how much I was like my dad. And I was like, I love freedom. I love being able to kind of come and go as I please. I love making my own schedule. And I realized like I was born an entrepreneur. <laughs> like it seems so odd because you're like, how can you? I'm like, I swear to God, I am. And I just think that my dad is and my grandpa was. And I just think it kept on going. And I, I can't, I honestly, I can't imagine it. when we talk about defining success, like entrepreneurship is that for me, it's creating something from scratch. It's having the capabilities to set my own schedule. It's making an impact like bigger than me, not only as my mission goes for helping people, but I am so passionate about creating strong work environments for people. So I can't wait to create that. So I, I just feel like I was born to do it. I really do. I love that. And I do feel like those of us who are so passionate about it, we're those black sheep to other people. Cause we just, like <laughs> we will eat, sleep, breathe this. And so I feel your yes. passion. I, I I'm just acknowledging that I am just as geeky in this. Like I got a book yeah. in the mail yesterday and the lady was like, Oh, are you excited? Like what? It, and I was like, yes. And she's just like, Oh, okay. What is it? And I like open it. It's a book. And she's like, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I love it. And the thing is, is um, I've learned, so for me, I've learned that the more you are passionate about what you do, the more you're passionate about marketing it, because then you know you're getting it to more people. So before, when I heard network marketing or anything like that, I was like, wah, wah. And now I'm like, no guys, like we can reach our target audience, which are the people that we actually resonate with that are going to resonate with us. That means we're going to help make a difference in their life. And it's just going to further fuel us. We can help with, and, and I like geek hard, which is actually how the birth of this podcast came which also you have a podcast. So would you mind telling us about your podcast? Cause I'm always somebody who believes like no compete, no compare. I have no problem being like, Hey guys, check her out because you bring so much wealth of knowledge that I don't touch on. And also your inner Disney geek is showing as is mine. <laughs> so I admire that already, but I think there's so much fun in just helping that. So what is yours that you would like to share with us? Yeah, so I started a podcast called Live Aligned Radio. So my coaching business is Live Aligned Coaching. So that's where the name came from. 
And yeah, it's just been so fun and a way to really share things I've learned over the years. So my goal with it is a couple things. One is to really teach people how to undo some of that stuff we talked about. So the beliefs, any traumas, any thoughts that are no longer serving us. And then my other thing is that I really want to share that I'm really loving is I am though I'm such a firm believer in the power of stories and just making people feel less alone through sharing our stories. So I've got a couple interviews coming up and I just, I, I love people's stories and I want them to share it. And a couple of the people I've interviewed, they're like, I don't have anything to bring to the table. I'm like, yeah, you're a human that's been here for over 20 years. You have something to bring to the table. And even if it's just like hearing the words me too, and I see you is so powerful. So that's really my goal with it is to just make people feel included and give them something to just bring joy into their lives. I love that. That mission alone is what will vibe with the tribe, right? Like it's, it's amazing what happens when we actually speak our truth and when we shed past those beliefs of what is other people's success to finding our own and living that alignment without actually having to live that, you know, belief of, you know, going to school, white picket fence, have kids, and then stay in that job for 40 years. Like, I just remember being like, that sounds like a nightmare. Like, yes, I have kids and I have a house and whatever, but like, I'm not going to lie. I don't live for just one avenue of my life. There's different portions of us. And I feel like that's where people are coming out feeling depressed is that they're, they're trying to fit a mold that they're told is normal. And even, and I just speak this very honestly, like, trying to find a balance in your life, whether you aren't a mom to being a mom to like whatever, there's a lot of times where we try and fit what we think it should look like. But as long as you ride the roller coaster authentically, like I admit my hot mess days, like I, I will be the first one to be like, so my one child's a nudist and she lives in a blanket and just stretched around her panties. And we nicknamed her 50 snacks. She thinks she owns the country and she will tell you what's up. And then my other one, she likes to be a little bit of a tattletale and she's got an opinion on everything. So she's her rapper name is two cents. And I just find like, just knowing that this is what I bred. I'm like, that's a reflection of me right there. Like 50 yeah. snacks and two cents. So we just summarize mama in a nutshell, <laughs> but when you can do that, you can actually have fun in your life and bring that play back and still live your purpose, sharing your messaging, sharing your stories like Michaela is sharing here. So thank you. Now, if you could mentor somebody on their journey today, and give them any piece of advice. I always love to have these little nuggets shared. What would you say to them starting on their journey? Let's see, if I, if I had to start today and like only do one thing, I would honestly know who you are and be able to put it into a couple sentences. Like that to me is the most important is be able to answer the question, who am I slash who are you? Like, I think that is the greatest gift you can give yourself is clarity around that. So that's where I would start if I was starting today. That's actually pretty darn good advice, guys. So if you haven't gotten that far, please do. Because it's like, who am I? How do I serve? Are like the two ways that I kind of define that. But yeah, for people starting out, they really get hung up on that. And then they, they get lost. And then they try and go down like the branding, finding colors, fonts, logos, and like all. Don't start there 
find her sentences and just work into that aspect of like defining yourself in ways of who you are, who do you serve? Like that, that's a really great way to start. So thank you. I like the simplicity yeah, here because it is very actionable. So for those of you who are listening again, take these steps to really start to break into your opportunities. And if you're looking at a pivot, this is another way to restart and rebrand in that. So thank you. Now, knowing that we all hold priorities differently, I would love to know what inspired you to pick the niche that you did. I know we've kind of touched on it, but I always love hearing like, why mindset? You know, I had mentioned before we um, started this conversation that I'm working with a coach and had really had some like roadblocks, mental blocks of what am I, like, what do I call myself as far as a coach goes? And so my coach was so sweet and just kind of let me word vomit all over her. And she's like, really is what your life has been is overcoming limiting beliefs. Like that's what it's really been about. And it started I, and I had shared with you a little bit, I was sexually assaulted when I was 12 for three months by my horse trainer. And that brought upon so many limiting beliefs. And in that time, it had triggered some assault from when I was four. And little did I know when I told the detective, they were going to take that to court too. And the, the family member that I, it wasn't my family, but she'd been in my life since I was three. It was her son and so like I lost my family or people that I considered my family. I was going through these trials and the reason that it happened to me from that perspective was I was a bad person. I was broken. I was unworthy. I, I mean, there had to have been something wrong with me because there's no way like all that would have happened to me, especially at once if I wasn't somehow broken. And I finally had saw someone who had went through some, something very similar. And I remember just watching her and she kept saying, I hate that man. He's ruined my life. I will never forgive him. He's the reason all my problems have showed up in my life. And I thank God for that gift every day because I, I have so much empathy for her, but that was my wake up call of sis. If you do not deal with this, if you don't unwire the stuff you have started to believe about yourself, that is your future. And I was like, I've got to unwire some of this. I've got to undo these limiting beliefs and I have to help other people do the same because if we don't, I, okay, one, I'm very competitive. I let him win. And two, now I'm not defining my life. I'm letting him define my life and he don't care. He don't give a shit. He did what he did and he moved on with his life. And I'm, I'm going to let an assault that lasted three months now dictate the rest of my life. Oh, hell no. So that's what really, really put me on this path was I didn't want my, uh, I didn't want a three month assault to turn into a 90 year assault. And it was my choice. Like, I think that's what I really want people who have gone through traumatic events to realize that three months was not my choice, but after it ended every day after that, it was my choice. If I chose to remain a victim and that's what I really, I, Oh God, I pray, I pray people do not let the assault last longer than what it really did because now we're not living our life we're letting our lives become defined by that assault and that's just not what it is so that's what what really put me here 
That is so powerful. Honestly, Michaela, I cannot thank you enough for being authentic and showing up with that. It's always something that I'm very grateful that one, you feel safe enough to discuss it. And two, that you were empowered enough to share that because I 100% agree with you. There's actually an author I read, Colette Baron Reed. I don't know if you've ever read any of her stuff. She's through Hay House. She um, does mediumship, but she actually created a diet book based on intuitive. And so a lot of the things that we've discussed kind of go to that. Uh So I would check her out, but I've taken some of her programs. I'm very into anything intuition. And she has a book. She was gang raped by a bunch of guys and she had an out of body experience. And that was her first real pivot into becoming a medium and a psychic. And so what she said is she, she had to heal through her first guys. Like she didn't just come after that and was like, I am so grateful. But she said the exact same things you said, I'm not going to give them the power. I don't want them to dictate this experience to be the rest of my life and how I view it. So she thanked them. And in her book, she thanked it. So when I was doing her program, and this is something that I use in deep cellular healing, cause I like blunt and I swear, and, and it is who I am. <laughs> and so she says, you know, like you have a choice to sit in victimhood, which is the same as sitting in a shit diaper. So if you want to sit in your shit diaper, that is your choice, or you could choose to rewire that and change yourself and allow yourself to live in a fresh life. And so for me, I was like, boom, like any victimhood I've ever had, like I had to work on certain things. So like I use my story as like, everybody has a big, powerful story and yours is very powerful. And in that it's, it's amazing what happened. So instead of saying like this happened to me, I always rewire it to this happened for me. So what did the lesson yeah. come from for that? And in my grief journey, cause like I've lost people and, and there's like a very impactful thing that I've gone through in losing my baby sister to a drug overdose. I always say like, there's five stages of grief that's commonly talked about. It's, you know, denial. And then we go into anger, sadness, bargaining and acceptance. But I always go into number six, which goes, what is the lesson? What did I learn from this? Because I believe that we need to choose that opportunity to really grow from it and then maybe make an opportunity and turn our mess into our message and help other people. And I find it gives a purpose from those tragedies. I, I feel like you're nodding along. So for those of you who can't see her, she's nodding. So there's a lot of things here where we can talk on it for days and nights, but the idea is stop living in a victim story of what's happened in your life as being like, that's as good as it gets. I've heard that so many times or the word just being in front of who you are or anything like that. I'm always like, stop, 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 stop. Let's go back. And why was that what you chose to say? Like, I'm just a mom or I'm just starting. Or I just like, I don't care about any of that. I actually go and I say like, what are your experiences? And your experience there makes you an expert in that because you've overcome it, which makes, I've had teachers who've never started a business and they're telling me how to start a business. And when I ask a question, they have no idea. So if somebody's gonna go through counsel and stuff like that, like when I was going through grief counseling, I was like, well, what did you do in this scenario? And they're like, what, never really, like I lost a dog. I'm like, that's not a sister. Like, I don't wanna hear from you. I wanna hear from people who've actually lived this, like who can relate and resonate and have empathy, real empathy in that circumstance and situation. And I find like, that's what makes the experts out there guys. So don't disempower yourself if you've gone through something and you wanna turn that into an opportunity. And I used to feel guilty on monetizing on those stories. And I know that that's a common writing story that a lot of us women carry too, because we feel guilty on it or we don't want to cause triggers on other people. But the thing is they can choose to turn away and move on. And then there's people that are out there that need to hear these messages. So Michaela, thank you so much for sharing that. I I will not ever shut up about this. This needs to be said, being authentic, sharing your truth and just standing in your power in that is the best gift you could give yourself. So that's amazing. Now question. As we've talked about vulnerability, I like to bring levity right after. And I always like to kind of say like, 
hey, what is the biggest fail you've ever had as an entrepreneur? Like, I don't know if you guys can hear, but my kids are being sassholes right above me running around on the floor and it's hardwood. So I'm like, shots your little padded feet. Like there's a Disney movie for you on the Discovery Channel and they're just running around with capes. I can, I can hear them right now. So that's a fail on my end. Make fun of me guys. But what would you say is one of yours? Yeah, you know, I had kind of seen this one and I, I have a really hard time with failure because I've really wired into myself. I either win or I learn, but I do think my biggest, like what some people would see as a failure. Like I went off to film school right after high school, realized it was not a thing for me and then spent two years. I'm going to use <laughs> lost in the woods from frozen Two. spent like two years and I'm just watching my friends graduate and start their careers and get that pretty office and that glass building up on the hill. And I, I legitimately felt like a failure. Like they were in my mind at the time finished and done. And I feel like I hadn't even started. And that, that was like definitely when I felt like the biggest failure in my life. And now I realize like it was all happening as it needed to, like everything was unfolding the way it needed to. The reason I was lost in the woods for two years was because I needed to wander and I needed, you know, like we've talked about, I needed to learn how to come back home to myself. And now I'm like, oh, duh, I'm meant to be a mindset coach. Oh, duh, I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. But I had to go through that journey to be able to see that. So I think that would be my biggest like quote unquote failure but it's like I had to learn from that so yeah I think that's powerful too though because a lot of times we do define like success as to what other people you know the corner office or the titles or whatever and for me I'm like I could really care less like I I don't play that game anymore but I in the beginning I know I did so that I can hear that I know I'm always joking because like Again, I have a nudist child, so she likes to every once in a while just zip behind me in a video, and I'm like, super professional over here, guys, doing doing my best. <laughs> like, I don't I don't see it. What are you seeing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're seeing things. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, that. How behind me? What? I don't know. <laughs> but like, she's you know, like there's so many different things that people try and make things look perfect, and they try and pretend like it all works smoothly. Right now, we're in the middle of COVID, so whenever you hear this recording, kids are homeschooled with us right now, which means they are here with me. And so, I am not that mom that's like I'm so blessed with it all the time. I'm very real. I'm like, so when are you guys taking my kids again? When, when can I drop them off? Like, I pay you. Please take them. Oh yeah. I <laughs> and so. It's, it's one of those things where it's good to know where you're at and it's good to honor what you need and, and being able to turn your stories and, and just really having fun in it. Like I know a lot of people are really losing their mind during this time and here we are hustling, living our, well, they're hustling over there right now. I'm, they know what I'm doing too. Like this is how many Fs they give. So yeah, none. <laughs> We're going to have a talk, but anyways, <laughs> They are so great. Like just having this opportunity to be able to connect with you, Michaela, I'm so grateful. So I always love to just let our guests showcase anything that they want to kind of touch on. So is there any topics or anything that you want to bring up for our listeners prior to us letting you go? I know you've got a little freebie for them too. Yeah. So the one thing like I was thinking about that, um, as you were talking is my dad gave me a beautiful gift. And if I could give that to people, I would love that. I had not realized how many women held limiting beliefs that they couldn't do something because they were a woman 
I had no idea until about like two or three years ago because my dad, so we were, my dad quote unquote retired and started farming. <laughs> and so we grew up bucking hay. Like I have been throwing around 115 or 115 pound bales since I was 12. And there was some clients of ours one day that said to my dad, like, don't you wish you would have some boys because they'd be a lot stronger. And my dad's like, no boys will ever be as strong as these two girls are about my sister and I. And so I always like held that belief. I can do anything as long as I put my mind to it. So, you know, especially if you're a woman, like I really hope you. Oh, we're having some tech fun. Are you back? I'm back. Uh, we got all of that, except for the very, very last like four seconds. But the fact that you are just as strong as what any boys would be and your dad had you and your sisters back. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think that there is some like key differences in the, like the masculine and the feminine energy that's important to honor. But I just, I really hope people don't mitigate themselves or dismiss themselves because of their gender. Like we are just as powerful. We are just as worthy. And I, my dad gave me that gift. So I hope I can give that to other women as well. I love that. Thank you so much. And the biggest thing too is, yeah, I believe we actually all have a firing energy of both. It's just some people are really dominant in one where I try and keep a balance between the two, because I believe that's, that's really our, our empowerment. Like we're entitled to it, but a lot of times people will get hung up on only being one. And so like, mm -hmm. even how people do the reverse engineering to men, like men don't cry or things like that. I'm like, no, like we are all human. We all deserve to be able to feel and express ourselves. And so I agree with that. Now, you gave me a link. I would love for you to describe what's in this link so people know what they're getting when they sign up. Yeah. So if you go to livealinecoaching.com forward slash mom bun, lovely, awesome title, by the way, it's like my favorite I've heard so far. So yeah, if you head to livealinecoaching.com forward slash mom bun, I'm going to have a little training for you about how to do that, how to be more without doing more. So I'm going to call it the art and science of being because it is an art and a science. So I'll have that in for you. And as we talked about with the definitions, I'll put in a little um, worksheet so you can really sit down and define some of these definitions because I think that's super important. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And so Michaela, before we let our audience go, um, if you have a little goodbye message for them, I always give like that opportunity for you to say goodbye to our listeners because you guys have been amazing. And I just want to say, I appreciate you all. Yeah, I, so I end my podcast episodes every time with be a rebel, live aligned and go make a ruckus because I believe to really show up and own who you are. It will requires to be a little bit of a rebel, like you're going against the grain, you're going against the norm, live aligned with who you are. And sometimes you got to make some noise to be heard. So if you're really standing for what you fight for, don't be afraid to make a little bit of a ruckus, especially if that's your mission and you know you're out to do some good in the world. So be a rebel, live aligned and go make a ruckus. That would be my message. I love that. I love that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> we'll end there because that's a mic drop, guys. Take care. Yeah. Yeah.
Hello. Okay. So we vibe with our tribe and I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest and I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on. Because if I don't know it, I'm very very honest, and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again, and have a great day.